Welcome to Conversations with Karalia, where we take a nuanced deep dive into all things related to spirituality, sexuality, power, and awakening. My name is Karalia, and I'm your host for this journey. I invite you to relax back, open up, and get curious. And don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the love. Are you ready to realize the self, to resolve your shit, to rejoice in daily life? Join Karalia's community via her online platform, The Toolbox. Get ready for a paradigm shift in how you experience yourself and your reality. The Toolbox where you'll find everything you need for the spiritual path, view teachings, practices, community, and a teacher who cares. Find the toolbox at toolbox.caralea.com T-O-O-L-B-O-X dot K-A-R-A-L-E-A-H dot com Alright everyone, welcome to a conversation with Karalia. I'm a little nervous, I gotta say. Well, it's nervous excitement. There's some intensity of sensation in my system. Uh, today I'm going to be talking to having a conversation with the dark wizard, Mr. Dane Thomas. And in honor of the dark wizard, I've even gone a little darker because you know why not. Uh, so Dane Thomas, he is the esoteric entrepreneur. He is a hip hop kind of rapper dude. He was like fully in the, the hip hop rap scene in his 20s and then kind of went the call center sales route and then started to do all kinds of healing methodologies like kinesiology and NLP and this and that, righty rah and blah blah. And he's a real synthesizer of systems, right? That's how he sort of functions. So he went through this period where he worked with so many clients and he was using whatever was applicable to the person in the room with him from all of his tool set. And through that process, he basically began to devise his own methodology. And this became known as the spiral. Um, so the spiral is like a chakra-based system, but it's so much more than that. Like it's pretty fucking epic. And he ran that business for a number of years before um, selling it. He trained so many people. There's so many spiral practitioners out there in the world now. Um, but he sold that because he wanted to move more into other realms and he didn't want to influence the spiral in any potentially negative ways as he started to edge towards the dark wizard. Um, one of the reasons I love Dane is that he is so dedicated and committed to this journey of who are we? Why are we here? What's it all about? And at one point, he was just going hell for leather on the Enlightenment train. Um, I think he shifted on that. I'm going to ask him about it. But part of his, like he's done a lot of stuff in the neo-tantra world um, and also classical, traditional tantra. Uh, but he also dives into the occult. And there's a lot of crossover between the occult and neo-tantra, particularly through Aleister Crowley maybe we'll end up talking about that. Um, so he, Dane's fascinating. I find him fucking fascinating. He's um, financially successful. He is caring, astute, provocative, 
He's a good writer. I love his writing. And yeah, so I'm freaking stoked to have him on the show. A little bit of background in terms of my relationship to Dane. Um, first time I remember like coming across him might have been around 2016, 2017 on Facebook. He um, has a great following. Like he worked out how to how to make Facebook and social media work for him in a business sense in like 2013, 2014, just fucking nailing it. So I started checking him out. I'm like, whoa, this dude's like getting massive engagement. He's doing extraordinary stuff here. Anyway, ended up signing up for a program he was running at the time called Alchemy, went over to Australia to do a workshop with him in person, which was really interesting. So interesting. Um, so it was the first time I crossed paths in person with the Dark Wizard. First and last, actually. We haven't seen each other in person since then. Anyway, we did other, th- did other things, and he kind of fallen off my radar. And then last year, I had this dream, and it was so fucking potent and so clear. And Dane was in the dream, and that's all I'm going to tell you. There was no sex. Um, and I woke up the next morning and went, what's Dane up to? And I went to Instagram and I looked at his Instagram and he was selling Lightbringer. So this is last October. And I just knew I'm like, I'm in. And so I, I did Lightbringer and then I ended up doing Obsidian and then I ended up doing Wealth Wizardry and Shaman, Shamanistic Sales. Now I'm on Magic and Marketing and I've signed up for Esoteric Entrepreneur. So I've been fucking like immersed in the Dane world. Um, And I really want to ask him a few hard questions because he he gets flat for shit. You know, he's provocative. He's on the edge. And I wonder sometimes, I'm like, this guy like got a pact with the devil. And even if he does, is that a bad thing? Like what's going on here? So I invited him to do a podcast, like a conversation with Carolia, I know, six months ago. And he was like, yes, but then it didn't happen. And I'm like, what's going on? Long story short, he's here now. So we are going to talk about all the things and <sighs> so much nervous energy in my body. All I can say is watch the whole thing, folks. Watch the whole thing. And I'll do a little bit of commentary at the end as well, reflecting on what's just happened. Um, but are you ready? Are you ready to dive in and see what happens with Mr. Dane Thomas in conversations with Carolia? Alrighty, Mr. Dane Thomas, welcome to Conversations with Carolia. Hey, Carolia, how you doing? <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit cheeky, I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> so many things that we could talk about, so many things that we could talk about, but I'm gonna start with this. What is most alive for you right now? What's turning you on, fucking you off? Uh, it's. I love that you asked both sides because it's all intertwined for me right now. For me. Right now, what's turning me on, I feel like I've found a breakthrough into a a much deeper level of alignment with my own practices and what I'm doing and what I'm working with and what I'm calling through in my life and my work. That's, That's clear. And that directly corresponds to what gives me the shits, which I've within my, something I've been critiquing and discussing and thinking about a lot, which is really the state of the new age. I call, kind of call it the new age swamp, you know? Uh-huh. The spiritual marketplace. The spiritual marketplace is half of it. and But it's, I feel like it's actually both-sided. I feel like actually the spiritual practices and systems and cultures have failed 
and then the industry on top of it is also fucking failed. So I, I don't see those things as separate and I don't see the, the marketplace as bad in the way that a lot of spiritual folks are like, if it's a spiritual marketplace, I'm like, well, where else would you buy your spiritual goods? Like, of course you've got to go to the yeah. marketplace. Um, yeah. So I don't know. So it's failed. I, it's failed. How has it failed? It, I want to just jump into that. How has the spiritual, the new age spiritual swamp marketplace failed? Well, I mean, how far do I want to, I mean, the new age, obviously that we're talking about from the sixties, right? Really? Most people would agree that kind of the pre, the pre the prelude to like the age of Aquarius. Oh, it's all opening up, and you know we've got acid going on. When we've got people who went to the east and found the pieces, and you know, and there's all these things opening up, and all the all the potential was clearly revealing through the 50s, 60s, 70s. Like that, that's when it kind of like we got all the raw materials. And mm-hmm. I obviously wasn't there. I'm only in my 40s. But from what I have read and observed, it, it seems like the general spirit was there's a chance for humanity to awaken. And on the one hand, on the one hand, we we have and we are. So on one hand, it, the, the failure thing is a very limited lens. Like I do believe we as a species are awakening and, and that is happening. So let's just mm-hmm. throw that in the mix. But in terms of what I see in 2022 within various spiritual communities, and I've started traveling more lately, which has been great because it gives me the opportunity to drop in. Okay, how's it going in Berlin? What's, you know, Austin, Texas like? Okay, how are you guys doing over here? Oh, you've got a tantra scene in fucking Dubai. I did not know that. Like, you know, I'm moving through more places than, I guess, Australia. And to a lesser degree, I have had a bit of a taste of New Zealand, but obviously Australia is where I've been based. And you know, the internet, I've absorbed a lot through the internet, but getting there in the flesh is also really helpful. And I just think that to use like a martial arts analogy, it's like we have a bunch of white belts who all are portraying themselves as like black belts and everyone is at the bottom (laughs) rung and no one's really, you know, I don't know, people listening are familiar with the the idea of the Dunning-Kruger effect. It's like when you don't know, you don't know. When you're a total noob, you are, you don't even have the skills required to estimate how far along the path you are, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, um, you know, you take up boxing for a month and it's like, I, I reckon I could take some of those world-class, I could knock that guy out. And then you hang out with your friend who's boxed for 10 years and it's like, mate, you're not, you have no idea the vast gulf between where you are and where that person is. Like, I am a competent boxer of 10 years and i can tell you that guy is like in his own league by a million miles and it's like but you need you need a level of development to even be able to tell where people are at and so Mm -hmm. what does that mean it means when we have the the marketplace that you know people who want their spiritual business coach they just hire someone who's literally like fucking six months ahead of them if that sometimes and think that that's like Oh, I've got the best chick. She's really helping me. It's like that person is clueless. That person is completely clueless. And you're spending your money with them and you're taking the things they say as these gospel. And it's like, I guess like one of the things for me is I come from a comparative religion background and that that has been very helpful in that it's taught me to recognize like 
lineage and threads of, oh, this shit come from here. But before that, it came from there. And listen, if you really go before that, these guys over here were doing this shit mm-hmm. 900 mm-hmm. years ago. And these mm-hmm. guys actually kind of copied it wrong. And, you know, so mm-hmm. the thing that you've got is it just a mutation of a mutation, which is not bad, it's not wrong. But mm-hmm. no lineage, right? Lineage, lineage. And continuity. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I'm not a dogmatic, you must have the right guru lineage thing, but I think you should just at least know where shit came from, you know? And so, and, and like I said, I, one thing that is, I think is a little bit unique about me is I don't really differentiate between like business coaches and let's say spiritual gurus. They, I still track lineage. I'm like, okay, you understand that marketing style you've learned? Your guy got that from this guy who was in this mastermind with a friend of mine who was in this, and they all copied it from Frank Kern who fucking created it or who got it from Dan Kennedy. And it's like, what? No, no, that she invented this. I'm like, I'm telling you, that shit is six mm-hmm. years out of date, and the people who made that are these this kind of mm-hmm. who, who hatched that style. And it's much the same with like um, watching trends in, I don't know, yoga or spiritual practice mm. or whatever right so anyway so when you say that just to cut you off completely but when you say that it, what i what i start to um feel into is that these ideas have their own it's like an entity that's using us to be developed to be evolved to be spread etc and so rather than the person claiming the idea like taking possession of the thing and making it about themselves it's yeah. like the idea has its own rhythm and its own momentum and it's coming through all these different people over time, you yeah. see. Yeah, and these these threads, yeah, I definitely see things like that, you know, and, and to try to get back to the actual question you, you gave me, which is how has it failed, I think it's like, it's like people are just drinking dishwater and they think it's like a magic potion, you know. It's like, hmm. like, it, like is, is anyone actually progressing spiritually or are people in these subcultures actually becoming better people or producing new results even if we want to mm-hmm. make it more western but like that's you got to go deep though like you got to go deep and what i see is that there's a lot of shallowness there's a lot of bumping around yeah. because yeah because there's no there's no external container or rules or guru to kind of like yes. crack the whip and say yes. stop avoiding that shit by pretending that right yeah so people yeah. are just indulging left, right, and center and not totally, even aware totally. that that's what they're doing. Like, like someone will roll out, this is my new dark feminine. I'm like, I was there when you learned that fucking concept three months ago. Like you don't, you don't have, you have not <laughs> integrated that. You, you're like, I have a more mature dark feminine than you and I'm a fucking dude. And I've been, you know, tracking the shit eight years, you know? And it's like, but nobody knows that. So then all the people around, like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, you know, when I learned my dark feminine, that's when I started, like, making guys pay for me on a date. I'm like, what are you talking about? That is that is the most watered down fucking <laughs> derivative spiritual materialist bullshit. But it, but nobody knows any better. So there's You don't a whole, know what you don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a whole swamp of just, what's that yeah. expression? Um, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. You know? Yeah, for sure. So, so that's, that's us too. That's us too. Like I look at it and I'm like, well, I don't fucking know anything. Where am I on this? I have no idea. So I'm looking for teachers that I perceive have a certain level of self-realization because when right. I hang out with those people, then I feel like I can feel myself and I can feel where I'm blocked and deluded and whatever. Right. And that's a way to orientate um, is by finding those people that have gone deeper, have more experience, 
do the practices and and just know what they're not. It's not even know what they're talking. It's not what they're talking about. It's who they're being, how so they're transmitting. Here's where I reckon we get to like pitfall number two, which right. is you know <laughs> because people from from an integral theory you know ken wilber integral theory some of that is really useful i wish everyone had to do a little little mini intro to integral before they even started fucking around with any spiritual path it's like cool before you pick one let's just give you a map of what all the things do and how they fit together or don't fit together and what they may or may not provide you and i think so the next mistake is if okay we can't tell who's who's developed and who isn't Oh, that person's really got something. They're such, they've got a power, but they've got this. So then we assume because they're like fucking good at meditating or whatever, that mm. they're like morally developed or sexually developed or um, that their wisdom around wealth is just as valid as their wisdom around like altered states. And it's like that, that person, which we wouldn't do in the Western world, we wouldn't go, cool, he's a marine biologist. Great. So what financial advice can you give me, Jeff? It's like, no, no, he's a marine biologist. If you, if you need to know some shit about dolphins or plankton, he's your guy. But mm-hmm. if you want to know about the property market, there's no reason you, there's no reason we would assume that this marine <laughs> biology expert would have any knowledge on that. But in the spiritual world, we do. So you go to fucking Agama or whatever, right. you know, and right. it's a dude who's yeah. cobbled together a bunch of yoga systems and practiced them and can move energy around, no doubt. And so now this guy's giving you dietary advice, relationship advice, fucking life direction advice and it's like no 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 no. if you were qualified and educated you'd be like you may give me yoga advice nothing else Mm -hmm. or you know and it's like yeah but But the assumption is the assumption is if someone is spiritually advanced they know shit so therefore they're going to know what i should be doing and i want to be told what to do because it's so fucking scary to try and figure this shit out my own right so i want i want to have this person that i can give my power away to so then i'll feel safe which I think is a, is a toxic mutation of the guru model. Like I, I understand the guru in context of, you know, classical Indian culture and, and, you know, so many books that I used to read back in the day were about, you know, you need to surrender to this being to open up to all, you know, all the mm-hmm. things they can transmit because they're becoming a reflection of, you know, your perfected self or whatever. I don't think that concept translates very well to the Western world. And I think it's super dangerous and, 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 and it's, I have never really, I'm too, I have a kind of a spiritual immune system where like, I am not that, I don't surrender that well to people's teachings. It's like, there's a filter in my head going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I don't like that bit. Oh, that bit's good. I'll take that bit. And I, I'm like, I can, I can take it off to go into a container, like for a one week retreat or whatever. I will take that filter off and go, cool. I'm going to absorb. I've got myself, but I can really surrender. And then when I come out, it's like there's this scanner that goes through and goes, okay, that's a weird assumption. If I, you know, Goenka, what are you talking about? You, you know, mm-hmm. you go to Vipassana, it's a great place to practice that style of meditation, but his fucking first framing is just full of limiting beliefs. Oh, it may take you many lifetimes to get him. Oh, yeah. Shut yeah. up, Goenka. What if we already are, you know? And it's, so it's like just this filtering out of dogma and rhetoric. But the bit I wanted to get to is there is no reason that a person who is opened up one capacity you know like let's say it's mm-hmm. like who use the chakra system let's say it's like i you know this is you know i love the chakra system and going deep with it because it gives me a classification system so it's cool i think that person is maybe like a heart master they've managed to open their heart to a really high level and emit unconditional love 
Does that mean they're smart? No. Does that mean they are sexually mature? No. Does that mean they understand um, the complexities of modern life? No, it does not. It means they can love. That's Mm -hmm. it. That's it. You know, and it's like if we could look at things in that way, we wouldn't have half of these fucking problems that we have where people are quote-unquote giving away their power or taking on really bad advice and this cult dynamic is like the cult you can't just blame the cult leader for the cult. You have to also take into account the people who permitted that. And, you know, if one cult leader sitting by themselves does not a cult make. It's just a guy sitting in a room being weird, you know. When the first eight people sit around and go, Master, you are enlightened. Tell us whatever you want us to do, we'll yeah. do. You know, it's like they are equally um, culpable. culpable for the fucking mess that happens. I could argue that the other way um, from the perspective of conditioning and no free will per se and the way that karmic energy attracts and the the way that things play out, righty-ra. Don't feel that's that's that. I'm going to leave that aside though. What I'm curious about is when you filter, how do you, what's your secondary filtering system so that your filter, like how do you know where where your filters are fucked up or that that they're legit? How do you know that your filters are not corrupted in any way, shape or form? Well, you, nobody could like, nobody could know that. I feel like you're. I feel like there has to be an understanding that all the maps we're operating with are the best guess, best models we have mentally, but also in an embodied way. You know, in my feeling response, my intuitive response, my mental logic, all the, all these responses are happening inside, and mm-hmm. there is there's sort of a I guess different parts of me that I listen to that when, when they're all in alignment that I, I'm going to take that as being, that's, that's the right path for me. You know, when the, let's call it the like spiritual purpose feels aligned with the mental feels like my heart's down with it. And it feels like my eros and my sexual energy are, when that's all in agreement, Mm. it's like, cool, we're in the right place. But if there, there's something coming in and it's hitting one of them and it's like, Oh, that's, that's like, I don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't like that piece, you know? And, and sometimes it's not easy to deal with in the moment. Sometimes it's go away and go, okay, what was it when I was in that training or that teaching or I lived in that place for six weeks or one week or whatever, what was it that I couldn't metabolize? And it's like, okay, it seems to me like there's an assumption behind what this teacher is saying that I don't agree with. And it's like, it takes yeah. me a while to filter through that and go, okay, but it's like, I guess here's one of the frames. What I've tried to do is have a few simple principles that I have as a felt truth. And if they ever get contradicted, I throw them out. So it's like, I have a very small handful of those principles, but Mm -hmm. like um, one of them, for example, is that spirituality for me is about becoming less conditioned and less loaded up with beliefs and less loaded up with superstitions and less wrapped into a whole bunch of rules and regulations and myths and mythology. And so when I get into a space and I feel like they're laying on more and more and more stuff to believe in, it's not a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, okay, you, I came here to get free and you're what it seems like is you're trying to layer another operating system on top of the old one. That's not going to help me, you know? Mm -hmm. So the dogma, the dogma red flag starts to go off of a hang on. You got all these rules. You got this, you got this backstory about your teacher or you had this weird awakening. That sounds a bit bullshit to me. Like, I just want the fucking the 
the essence of the transmission and the more complexity and shenanigans that has to be wrapped in the less the less I'm down with it you know mm-hmm. and I, and I'm I'm very interested in stripping away because it, you know it's like it's very hilarious how we as it was and I I had these problems too like I'm not saying I've sorted it out and everyone else is, is wrong it's like I also it's been 20 odd years you know it's I have also had these things where like for example, one thing that's always been amusing to me is like when people really get into yoga and Indian practices and the next minute she's wearing a sari and they've got the bindi and then I'm like, okay, hang on a minute. Like what, at what point or like, you know, the, the, the dude's working with like, I don't know, breath work and medicines and then it's like, it's all, all of a sudden it's like, oh, brother. And it's like, oh, this is my white condor feathers. I'm like, you're from fucking Ipswich. What are you doing? Like, this is bullshit, you know? Um, and it's I identity, it. though, like, right? It's identity. Right, we, as right. humans, we want identity because we want to belong and we want to send these signals, and then we're interested instead, like all this shit that's happening. Whereas the way I see the path is the path is ultimately about fucking blasting through identity so you can wear one, but you don't mistake yourself for it. Okay, so that's your. It's funny because I have a have a, a quite a strong tantric. And, and a bit of classical tantric and non-dual background, but I, I orient myself more around magic. You know, I feel like tantra mm, is, yeah. a, is a is a strongly supporting, it's probably my number two system, you know, and I would rather harvest tantra as a magical system than follow the tantric path. So I, when, when you talk mm-hmm. like that, I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to be here and now, and the identity is fine, but at least just let's be, I guess my beef is, why did you join that group? Oh, because they're the ones teaching the, and it's like, no, no, you join that group because you want someone to belong. Let's just be honest about the human. This is what I've seen over multiple, multiple, multiple spiritual groups. We go and we tell ourselves that like fucking chosen ones or this thing we're doing is the most cutting edge practice on planet earth right now. Or, you know, we're doing this thing, but really it's just like in high school being a goth or a hip hop kid or on the football team or then one of the nerds, you find a group, you adopt the mannerisms and the rituals and the fucking, what are they called? And, um, the costumes and the handshakes. The costumes, and the- <laughs> all the things and the, the, the sacraments of the group, the language, and, you know, and there's a hierarchy in the group. That guy is the nerds, is the alpha of the nerds. That guy of the jocks yeah. is the alpha of the jocks. You know, she's the prettiest one of all the goddess babes, so everyone's going to listen to her the most. You know, it's like this is just human tribal shit that doesn't go away yeah. you don't get to the oh we went to the monastery there'd be no politics there it's like bullshit the monks are just going to disguise it real subtle because they're fucking super aware and they you know how fucked up do you have to be to go and need to live in a monastery for 20 years very fucked up there's there's a lot going on there like so can this, we can we talk this, about a specific container that you've dropped into that has relevance to what the stuff that's going on right now you want to name one you want to bring one in yeah can we do go that for it all right, sure, so sure. I know you've done you've done a lot of ISTA trainings, and I know uh, that you're actually doing ISTA practitioner training um, next February. And here in New Zealand, um, yeah. there's a book that's just come out called Cult Trip, which looks at ISTA um, amongst other organisations like Centre Point, etc. So, and there were some mainstream articles here in New Zealand around. ISTA. I read them. I read them. Yeah, right. you know the ones. You know the ones. So I'm really curious, given what we're just talking about in terms of the belonging and the languaging and all of those different things what's your take having been inside as to containers in terms of because i know you'll be able to see it you know 
Yeah, this is, you know, this is edgy. So I'm an ISTA apprentice. I will be teaching ISTA later next year. I taught ISTA once before under unusual circumstances in the pandemic. I was only apprenticing, but I got to teach with them. I've been in and out of that field for about seven years. So I'm pretty deep in, but I'm also not an official, I'm an apprentice, right? So I'm not a teacher. I'm not an event organizer. So I can't speak on behalf of anything. Anything I'm about to say is not any kind of official anything. This is my take, right? Um, I don't know who that disclaimer is for, but I just feel to be clear. So it's not like, <laughs> well, this guy, he's an institute teacher. It's like, I'm I'm not that, okay? So I don't... This is Dane talking. This is Dane <laughs> Thomas just talking his personal opinion for whatever that is always not worth. I love this stuff. I think it's an amazing culture. I've l- learned so much from it. Um, I think it's bringing through a lot of things that are super needed. Um, I've watched it spread globally largely and largely because it has a very unusual organization it's very decentralized no one's really in charge which is also what makes it interesting when these types of issues come up it's like cool who's who's gonna fix this there's no ceo there's no guru there's no fucking you know governing body there's no head office there's various circles of people with bits of power that rotate and change so that's one of the things i've been fascinated by about it is this attempt to do decentralized not completely non-hierarchical but sort of like synarchy it's 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 definitely got a leadership experiment going on inside which i have admired in parts and as an entrepreneurial person been frustrated at in other ways because i'm not I'm not a full-blown shamanic hippie for anyone who's not clear. I build businesses. I like money. I like the fucking mainstream world. I don't think the world is fucked. I think the world is great, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so so some of my views don't match some of the communities that I'm part of, right? I think that ISTA is going through growing pains right now is how I would put it. And having started my own what some people call a cult back in the day, you know, so I created a modality called the spiral. Um, we taught over 300 practitioners, more than 10,000 people went through that process. Um, I was the head of it for like eight to nine years. I eventually sold the organization. It still lives on. It's doing good, but I had a real journey with leading a sort of shamanic, spiritual, energetically alive organization slash organism so it refers to itself as an organism and it was a fucking interesting ride because no matter what i would do i would be the guru and get the guru projections and i got to a certain point of like you know i just don't want to be a cis white male leading a spiritual healing modality into the 2022s and beyond it's like it's just you know it'd be great if a, if a core group of really switched on diverse women could take this over and it could just then traverse the, the direction it needs to. And, and I'm not, this, this avatar is not doing it any favors. So I have a different perspective, which is that I look at things more from a systemic point of view. And mm-hmm. I think ISTA has been doing a lot of edgy work for quite a while. I think it's sort of 16, 17, 18 years old. And it has a very interesting dance with rules and power inside in terms of there is not a rule that facilitators cannot interact sexually with students, which has always been controversial. But as that heads into 2020, 2021, that is beyond 
con- that is being challenged in a lot of places. Um, so that's that's on a really dry systems level. What I what I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so really just valuable. on that level. Yeah, it's on that yeah, level because yeah, yeah. Des Nichols did start ISTA and was involved for a long time. Still, you know, there's still connections there. So what I'm curious about is when an individual starts an organization like that, if whatever the conditioning of the individual is, whatever their blind spots are, what you know, there's a culture that sort of gets created. Yeah. From your interactions with Des, from your interactions with ISTA, just can you reflect on what you might see there? Because there's a couple of things in terms of how ISTA operates, but Des hasn't been an active part of ISTA since like 2017 or so because of things that were happening then. And then there's the yeah. allegations against Des and how he operates as a man, you know? So Yeah, and so like I, you know, I, I can't fully get into all that because I just don't have accurate yeah data you know like so it's not i'm not really hung out there's a bunch of times lovely bloke you know have some cool mm-hmm. adventures with him but that I, I doesn't give me really license to comment on his i you know i don't even know the specific allegations i don't even know you know I, I i get the gist but i don't really have any authority to comment on those things in terms of i just don't know right what i do see that i think is an interesting dynamic that ISTA is in is this there's a model that that ISTA holds of this idea of sovereignty and synergy right which has has been very useful for me in my life and a lot of what I do and I think the personal development world and the empowered sexuality new age world can lean very very heavy heavy towards sovereignty and so and and it kind of holds a very strong frame of you create your reality you're responsible for your experience right this is this is the very core thing that i learned early on and i was like i fucking love that it's so true you know it's the truth you know and i held that inside the spiral for a long time of that's one of our fundamental principles you know you're responsible for your life you create and and on a level i still agree with that but it's but the way i would frame that now is a lot more nuanced and so what I think is whenever you have a culture that is holding that frame, you have issues with the archetype of the victim because that frame sort of implies the victim should just get out of being a victim, really. And and when someone is in victim, you know, even this languaging is very um, sovereign, you know, oh, you're in your victim. The implication is you should, you should go sort it out, you know? And I think what's happening to the this is a big new age issue in general it's not just ISTA, you know mm. it's it's just that ISTA is really strong on that frequency is that you have anyone who's had a bad experience which doesn't have to be abuse you know like abuse is in the mix and you know obviously there's the interesting like, thing with ISTA is it's such a wide spectrum you know like this, this could be down to like in my world in the spiral it could be down to as, as simple as like what you might call an unhappy customer all the way to someone who says that they were in a cult and you brainwashed them and you fucking made them do it. And it's like, whoa, okay. And that's quite a wide range of like, look, I bought the thing. I wasn't happy with what I got, you know, and and I'm grumpy to like, I have been deeply harmed by this movement, by the leaders of this movement, by the culture of this movement. Let's put all of that just in very broadly in victim, right? If someone is holding this kind of sovereign frame in a really 
strong way, it can be super hard for them to integrate or communicate well with the victim. Let's just put it that way, right? And then what I see in the rest of the more in the mainstream world, we're in the era of trauma aware, um, you know, post Me Too movement, all these things. This is like the fucking championing of the victim. This is like the victim is now king. The victim must be honored. We need to go back and fix all this fucked up shit that's happened. You know, Harvey Weinstein goes to jail, which he should, but also anyone, even with a with a sniff of that energy, you know, you're a fucking predator. You're a fucking and it's like so we've got this this really unhealthy mm. polarity between sovereignty, everyone's powerful. That's our narrative. No, people are not in control. What has happened to them is deeply damaging and that needs to be addressed both of these things are fucking true but it's really interesting for a culture that has been running on this one principle to be able to adjust because mm. and, and this is this mm. is where the, the trauma informed movement smashes into like the transformation and initiatory informed kind of movement which is not about everything being safe it's mm -hmm. about actually you're going to fucking die in this room this week, you know, which, which in an old school spiritual context would be totally acceptable. But in 2022, it's like, and then we got there and they said that we were all going to die. And then I was re-traumatized. And so there's, there's a, we've got a massive mismatch between worldviews is what I'm more focused mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. And, and I think there's a lot moving inside of ISTA and around ISTA where it's trying to upgrade. And there's a lot of different voices inside this organism. So mm. it's very I don't know what the right word is, but there's a, it's it's a, it's an interesting time because this what I see is the organism of Ista is maturing and is getting a lot of feedback that is both positive and negative. Like it's never been more successful. There's never been more happy people, and there's a mounting. Obviously, there's these groups of like you know allegations and and um, hurt mm -hmm. and harm, which obviously if there's X amount of that, it has it's real. It has weight. So that's what I'm watching as a sort of, I'm sort of an insider outsider, you know, I'm not in, I'm not in mm. the conversations of how that's going to be dealt with. So I, I don't know all the things, but I'm, I'm kind of moving into that world deeper and deeper. Um, so it's complex, I guess is my answer. And yeah, I don't, I, I like that. The complexity yeah, yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not black and white. It's not right. And it's right. not black it's and not white. Good and bad. Because, um, you know, I've had people ask me like, why, why aren't you distancing yourself from this thing? Because we know that there's certain, mm. I'm like, well, I wasn't there. I've been in rooms where I've watched exceptionally carefully run spaces where, you know, 80 people have profound experiences, heal stuff, have transformation open. And I've watched that happen over and over and over and over and over again. And so, yeah. and so I've never, you know, and I've seen people have leaky behaviors and patterns, but that's kind of the whole point. That's what we're there for, you know? I haven't witnessed abuse ever. I've been in 20-odd, 20 20-something 20 Insta containers. I've never witnessed anything that I would consider directly abusive. I've witnessed things where I'm like, oh, that guy must be working through that shadow piece or whatever, And that, which I think is part of why I've gone back so much is it's, it's more like a, as someone who'd done a lot of work, I found it to be more like um, – an adult laboratory where I could go and learn and test things rather mm -hmm. than like a sanitized 
workshop where there's where we're just practicing the thing. It's more like, okay, this is like real life in a container for a week or two. And mm-hmm. so the shit comes up, right? The stuff. shadows. The shit come comes up. up. And so then you have this challenge, which which is which is where like and I'm not this is not a gaslighting, this is not a dismissing of any particular like everyone's experience is obviously 100% valid. Like I shouldn't have to even say that, but I feel like I do because what I'm going to say could be misread is that people can have challenging experiences in containers. This is not just, this this has been containers that I've run, containers that I've been in. Challenging experiences inside of a container that in the context of the container were okay. Were were just part and parcel of the journey, even if they were scary, even if they were hard, even if, if emotion was triggered. And then they get out, and then because a strong trauma lens is applied, it's like, well, you were re-traumatized. They should have never had you pair with that person and do an exercise when that person represented to you the person who abused you. And it's like, okay. So now, in a retrospective reframing, that was a traumatic experience. But actually, in the living moment, it wasn't. It was a repatterning experience, or it was just, it was simply just an experience. But depending on what lens we go back to um what we make it mean is going to change and this is this Mm -hmm. is just again i'm just going to double caveat this is not a way of saying so if anything bad ever happened to you it didn't really happen that's i'm not saying that everyone's experience is real i'm Mm -hmm. just saying that the context we apply to certain things Mm -hmm. i'm certainly not applying that to anyone anywhere who was like sexually abused or something i'm talking about you did something in a workshop it stretched you a bit. You feel weird about it. Like I've had hundreds of those experiences and it's Mm. like, okay, now my nervous system has to move this through and figure out how to integrate this. Had I been from more of a science nervous system trauma environment to be like, Oh fuck, I think I've traumatized myself. And it's like, actually you stretched your capacity and you got some data, which has been really useful. And so depending on the frames, so this is what I I love that the Mm. trauma informed thing is coming in but it can't be the only lens because it's going to kill everything. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's one important lens, but it, it should not replace the transformational or initiatory lens. It should not replace, because what, what I see is when someone uses that as their religion, because it is like a religion, you know, mm-hmm. then everything has to be looked at through scale of how traumatizing and this person's doing this because they were trauma. And it's like, hang on, hang on, hang on. If you put the trauma goggles on, you're going to see that all human beings are traumatized some heavily but everyone somewhat and yes Mm. of course trauma which i prefer to think of as conditioning unresolved Mm -hmm. patterns fucking data at its most cold i think of it as as a lot of data i got a lot of data from when my dad used to hit me you know that i'm still unpacking kind of thing yes it's trauma but if we crystallize too hard around that model then everything becomes dangerous everything comes becomes it's got to be sanitized and safe and everything is about, well, I need to stay, stay regulated. And it's like, okay, well, you can't do anything. Do not launch a business because that's going to traumatize the fuck out of you. Do not go to the gym because that's going to traumatize you. Do not date. Please don't date. That's going to be traumatic. <laughs> right? Please don't go there. You, you know? You, when you say that, what makes me think is that people are still trying to outsource safety, that they haven't yet experienced that deep yes. fucking safety in the body, yeah. that regardless yeah. of the circumstance, regardless of what's unfolding, I am fucking safe. Even if I'm getting insulted, like getting attacked in an alleyway, there's still that sense of internal safety. 
Um, and that's being outsourced. It's like the container has to be safe. The people, have to, everything around me has to be safe because I don't feel safe inside of myself. And that's beneficial yeah. as scaffolding, right? We need safe containers so people can then experience safety internally and then start to move with more power. That's my sense on when you're talking about that around safety and everything needing yeah. to be safe. Um, so the the I just wanted to comment a little bit on that because I know it's a big thing. It's a big thing in my community as well. Um, you know, if I self-reflect on a situation that happened in my history, in my 20s, um, went out to a bar with a friend, got drunk, ended up back at um, his brother's house. We're all in the hot tub, freaking drunk, blacked out, flashes of having sex with multiple men. First time I ever had anal sex. You know, woke up in my friend's bed the next morning. was like, what just happened? You know, yeah. And my and I remember like going home and going, I just had an orgy. I should feel liberated and free and like amazing because that was like my first orgy. But I didn't know. I was like, I don't feel that way. Huh? And I just like, you know, and it yeah. wasn't until later that I self-reflected like five years later, 10 years later when I'd done work. And I was like, oh, shit. I went into a fawn response. And just did the safest thing in the moment because there I was and blah, blah, you know, drunk in an unknown place with unknown people. And so now I'm looking at that experience and all of a sudden it's not a liberated orgy. Now it's a fawning response. And do I categorize that as, you know, is that now gang rape? You know, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not, and that's not how I kept, you know, that's not how I saw it, but I could see how my, my, my lens on that experience changed as I self-reflected and did work on me. And that's an interesting journey to go on, right? It's to recognize yeah, yeah. it felt like this and then it felt like that and now it felt like this. Yeah. And, and I want to I flip it the other way because I think everything I just said, I, I stand by, but it's only one side of it, which is the tr- I was kind of addressing or somewhat critiquing the trauma frame, right? If you are in a culture that is only in, let's say, the shamanic sovereignty frame, the same thing, it's almost like an automatic gaslighting culture where everything now happens for a reason and, you know, you must have created that on some level and and this is not what my friends and teachers necessarily talk like, but I I see this this culture also can be really pervasive where it's... And this is why the kind of sovereign culture and the trauma culture are at odds because they're both extreme. Yeah, they're both extreme sides of the of the situation. And I think, yeah, when we're in that frame of like, okay, everything's now going to be looked at. Well, yes, he, he crossed the boundary and like fucked you when you weren't really open to that. But archetypally, it's because you got, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's really toxic. You know, that's really negating of, the, the biological and psychological and emotional reality that happened in, in the human, which I particularly, my, a lot of my frames around spirituality is I just mostly want to honor my human. I'm not trying to get rid of my ego. I'm not trying to transcend to another fucking level. I'm trying to rocket life here and open to the fullest of, of whatever I am. Right. And to me, this is a big glitch in that new age um framework is the bypassing the fuck out of everything with spiritual frames so you know someone's got heartbreak someone's had a bad experience someone's been had their boundaries crossed someone's been hurt whatever the whole spectrum of that and then the reframing of that is that well that's because this or that or like you guys Mm -hmm. are working through i mean you know because you're a twin flame whatever or you're you know what it's like that shit is a mess. And I, so I understand why the trauma informed movement 
is super mad at those frames because they are they can be and often do lead to bypassing and gaslighting to to use more kind of like you know trauma-esque type language but i also see like you can't just obliterate all that stuff there's a lot of amazing shit in there Mm. and and so somehow what i really see zooming out from Easter and whatever these groups and these what i really see regardless of the individuals involved i'm going to now go transpersonal but hopefully i'm not bypassing (laughs) i see that those two polarities need each other and like it looks like they're trying to kill each other right now but really they're trying to fucking make babies you know and it's like Mm -hmm. the only way we get to an integral embodied spirituality is the transformation lens and the trauma-informed lens blend and integrate Mm -hmm. each other not bypass each other not annihilate each other yeah and that's you know yeah like that's how i look at it you know i feel that with this stuff you know like i've got a lot of friends and they were i've never gone because i just was like yeah no not not doing that shit um for various reasons and that's my sense is like yeah the trauma informed because i'm definitely come from that like i'm that's how i teach and work with people etc is in that but it's also the shamanistic sovereign way but find the blend where's the blend here yeah and, because, and I would say that many, many ISTA teachers are deeply nervous system aware and trauma informed, but that doesn't make the overarching culture as that. And I think this is mm. the problem that's happening because the curriculum is the same, but different teachers teach different ways. And there's a lot of different gifts in that field. But, and I don't know, because I've only been with the teachers that I really like. So I don't know mm. what everyone does. There's a lot of teachers. Um but some I've been in super trauma informed, deeply up to date containers within Sidesta, and I'm aware that's not necessarily what is what every room is like because different faculty have different strengths and weaknesses. So there's it's an interesting thing of like it's a bit like trying to attack the blockchain or something. It's like, well, you're not. Who are you? You know, like it's different. And and so this is why I don't get into the critiques of specific individuals if I was knew any of them or was really involved with that, I would have more refined opinions, but actually I just can't comment because I don't know, but the organism as a whole is, is not those one or two people. There's this fucking dozens and dozens of people teaching. So that's, this is this interesting thing. And I also think people who are coming from the trauma informed kind of side of things. And that's you know, one way to lump these people together Often there is a calling for an authority to respond. You know, I want to. I want to talk to head office. I want to speak to the governing body. I want to. And it's like, okay, we don't have any of that. This has been a loose collection of sexual shamanic anarchists for nearly twenty years that is now being demanded of it something different, which is a real organizational challenge for that body because it's not been built. It's not like, okay, I'm rocking up to the medical board. The, the doctors at this hospital have done malpractice. They're like, well, we have a system for that. And they're all, they're all on the same payroll. They're all, it's, it's really not that. And so, which sounds like a bypass if you're the person going, I had a fucked up experience with this teacher. And so what, I, what I'm seeing is ISTA is bringing in mediation processes and various things. I'm not super up to date on all that, but I'm seeing that it is reorganizing itself but it's been challenging because it's functioned as this collection of separate but intertwined individuals and modular kind of 
units. Mm. So it's, a, mm-hmm. which is, doesn't make fucking, if you're like a university who you're like, what, this is, this is an outrage, you know? And it's like, it's really interesting because I, hopefully we're going to segue somewhere else, but like, yeah, I had a lot of criticisms of the new age and the coaching industry, but I fucking love being a coach in an unregulated industry. I don't want some fucking dick to tell me what I've boxes I've got to tick and what, you know, mm. I get to do whatever I'm doing. So it's this mixed thing versus like, if I was a therapist, I would fucking kill myself. You know, it's like people like me do not fit. That's a weird sentence, isn't it? Uh-huh. Um, totally. <laughs> but it's, you know it's what I mean? It's so there, yeah. Yes. And I've heavily come from that world. And over time of being in leadership have realized synergy is massively important. And that if people are below a certain line of integration, of having dealt with various layers of trauma, it's actually unreasonable to request people to be self-responsible when they have mm-hmm. a variety of unconscious responses hijacking them. I think this is where yes, personal development. That's the piece. Yeah. Which is new information. I mean, and people be like, we've known for 20, 30 years, but like, you know, on a, I come from like a Tony Robbins sort of background, like eighties, nineties, personal development, that shit wasn't in there. So I built the no. spiral and I'm running this yeah. thing and only gradually am I like, you know, some of these people don't seem like they can do self-responsibility or they can do it 80% of the time. And then they lapse into some kind of fucking fugue state. And I'm like, ah, oh, I can't just point at that rule on the wall. Hey, everyone's self-responsible. It's like, they're not. And then as I mm. began to learn more basic nervous system stuff and, and trauma response stuff, it's like, ah, oh, you've gone into a, yeah. which, you know, even in a relation, even in a relatively healthy relationship, you know, you can see those moments when like, oh, the other person is operating from, they're not even here. They've gone into that part of them that is three years old right now. I can't expect mm-hmm. them to handle this mm-hmm. in an adult way because then, and so I think that information, it, individuals are learning it in the embodiment and sexuality mm-hmm. type spaces, but but organizations can take longer to integrate that stuff. Yeah. I think that that's the the critical piece. So when the system gets hijacked, you cannot be self-responsible because you just can't, you know, like if I go into disassociation, which um, can happen occasionally, like it's, I can't function, you know, and yet I'm a highly functioning individual when I'm not in that space. And for someone that's never seen me go into it, they're like, what's going on? I'm like, you know, and now I'm self-aware enough to be able to notice that I'm in disassociation, which then means I can at least communicate it to the people around me. Um, yeah. But back in the day, couldn't even do that. Um, yeah, let, let's segue and talk about something else. Let's talk about magic. Hey. Yeah. I feel like, you know, you've got magic as your first and, and Tantra as your second. I feel like I'm the opposite. I'm like Tantra yeah. first and, and magic second. Um, people might not know what you mean by magic. I mean, it's on your face. <laughs> they yeah. can see it. <laughs> yeah we, we, i'm really it's not even hard on my sleeve hard on my sleeve would be more subtle than this um yeah to me i mean one of the classic definitions of magic is the art and science of making shit happen in accordance with your will you know that's that's one of the classic alistair crowley spooky uncle alex definitions um let's not get into problematic Alistair Crowley stuff. Let's, yeah, no, let's not do that no, today. Leave him alone. He's not here. He just, you know, just, he was not. He was not growing up in a trauma-informed era. No, let's put it that he way. was not. Um, I look at magic with a K for anyone just listening, not looking at my face with the correct spelling. That to me 
is really is a system for aligning with Cosmos with the with the highest aspect of who and what we are. That's how I really look at it. And then the subsidiary benefits of that is well, when we're able to do that, we can create the results we want quite easily in the in the three mm-hmm. D world. And so. Mm-hmm why I like it and why I kind of moved away from identifying, even though I use them still various Eastern and, and Western spiritual pathways is because for me, magic has less dogma. It's not, it doesn't really tell you what you're supposed to do with it. You don't have to get enlightened. You don't have to be good. You don't have to go to heaven. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do shit, you know, mm. um, which is good for me because I went down so many paths and I was like, hang on. I've still bought into this person's system that what I should be working towards is, you know, it's like if you join a business mastermind and you realize you're just trying to get to that seven figures. It's like, do I even care? It's like, no, mm-hmm. but you join a group of people who are all focused on that. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. feel like that is where you're going to go. So yeah, magic for me, system for using the results that you want, but it's also a system for moving towards wholeness, moving towards unity. So, you know, integration of masculine and mm. feminine, light and dark, higher with lower, um, a recognizing of self as, as kind of God slash cosmos is, is a big part of it for me. And I particularly have my own, you know, this is, I'm now going into my, really my own take. Like I mean the word to mean what I want it to mean. And really for me, I have this formula that where like like magic and manifestation can happen when we can bring the intention into the vibration. So, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the consciousness into the matter. The spirit when the spirit comes into the matter, we create results. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably one of the central operating ideas that I work with, and I plug it into, as you know, you know, business mm-hmm. and entrepreneurship as my kind of lay person's pathway is like cool i if i'm talking to some normie on a bus it's like yeah i'd I'd build businesses yeah i'm not going to be like well i stand naked in the moonlight calling down my soul and masturbate and vision what i want that's what i do it's it's like cool so i build businesses oh Mm -hmm. kind of you know on the internet you know it's very that's my simple kind of you know and i write books as well Well, that's interesting it's so interesting it's a fraction of what i do but that's because i look at business They they get it and i look at business as the practical modern day path of getting shit done and magic mm-hmm. as the internal esoteric path for making things happen. And so those two things together for me pair together very well. Okay. So then my question is, who do you serve? Who or what do you serve? Like what's the point of how you dance, how you play, how you create? Okay. I mean, on a personal human level, I feel that I'm in service to my particular tribe of people, which I have different ways of identifying them. But this this whole esoteric entrepreneur phrase that I'm playing with a lot, really, really basically, I serve spiritual people who want to make shit happen in the real world. Mm-hmm. That's who I feel like I'm an advocate for, you know, um, not normies who do shit in the real world and not spiritual people who want to escape from the real world, spiritual people who want to impact the 3D realm, that's my people. And I feel like mm-hmm. I'll go to extreme lengths to help anyone in that category kind of land their soul and their soul purpose in in 
tangible, measurable stuff. And often that that relates to money. You know, often there's money part piece with that. It's not it's not all that it's about, but it's one one area where I find it makes measurable. So that's who I feel like I serve, I suppose. But I also kind of feel like on a more abstract spiritual level, it's like I'm serving myself, which sounds selfish, but is also if you follow that through the self is the one, you know, it's God, it's the universe. So it's like, well, I'm, I'm here to be a conduit for, you know, the one to have a little Dane flavored experience for a hundred years or whatever. That's mm-hmm. my job. That's what I'm here for. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Cause I've been curious about that. Like knowing your path and knowing anything, I'm like, who do you serve? Because you like to play with edges and be provocative. And you know, one of the things you're doing with Lightbringer is you're talking about Lucifer. Right. Yeah. And oh you God. go to those places. You talk about your your truck is called Lucifer. It's like you're riding he, around. He's in right Lucifer. outside the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and for people that are indoctrinated into Christianity, that can seem like, what the fuck is this guy like? You know, and I've had friends send me some of your posts and say, What are you doing with this guy? He's fucking there to serve the devil's work and you've got to and like get out now. You know, like, and this is going to sound facetious, but I feel like I'm serving those people because, like, if you're so loaded with bullshit beliefs like that, that are fucking a thousand years old gibberish of like the devil was bad and God is, you know, it's like, it's so childish, really. Wake up, people. Like, wake up. You've been programmed by a violent fucking colonizing operating system that has not got your best interests at heart. It's the ultimate fucking pyramid scheme, you know, like Christianity. Come on unhook from the matrix that's the matrix it's not the internet it's not can i you know it's not it's not the lizard people it's not the government it's the fucking christian church is the one fucking you in the ass worse than anyone else still to this day Mm -hmm. you know the ultimate sleight of hand isn't it it's it's the ultimate like they took jesus's teachings and like oh this guy could be bad we're just going to take him over and we're going to use him to our own ends like (laughs) there's no one questioning that the people who killed the guy that you like are the ones selling you the book that's, that's who killed right. him. That's it's the people. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Like, okay, the Roman Empire kills Jesus, and then later on goes, you know, let's use him for our brand ambassador. Mm-hmm. What are these little necklaces? What are we going to put them? What him happy? No, no, we'll put a picture of him of when we killed him. <laughs> <laughs> How we killed him? What the <laughs> fuck? You guys are fucked up. And so people are worried about cults, but they're totally okay with like no sex till marriage. Um, well, I wouldn't want to do that. I'll go to hell. What are you, five? Seriously? Are you fucking five years old? There's no hell in heaven. You create this shit, please. Yeah. So if anyone's, like for me, it's just so hilarious if someone's like, he's in league with the devil. I'm like, okay, let's just, what does that even mean for you? Mm. Is that a yeah. person? Do you Break think that's a person who's running around with horns on, on earth, like a physical 3D person? Or are they like, a, is that like a spirit? Okay. And, and who made that character up? When did they first appear? Yeah. Your guys made them up because they need a, ba- you know, they need a villain for the story. It's like the mm-hmm. Batman needs the Joker. Batman was lame till the Joker showed up. But like mm-hmm. yeah. the Joker so is a tool. Then. Anyway, evil. evil. I don't really do it, evil. It, okay, yeah, let why not? It's silly. It's silly. Does it doesn't exist? Well, it's a human frame. So if you want it to exist, it sure does exist. If you want to decide the pedophile is evil, then pedophiles are evil. For me, pedophilia is a is a pathological, it's a it's a dysfunction. It's yeah. which 
which we can say is it's Condition. not a good thing. Let's let's yeah. make it not happen. Let's keep that person away from children. Like I'm not like, mm-hmm. oh, let's heal them, you know. But mm-hmm. like as soon as like that is the root of evil. It's like, is it? Did that person as a one-year-old decide to be bad or was it where they, you know, it's nurture, yeah. nurture nature, like, like all that stuff just is so apparent to me that it just seems like just obvious that pretty much 99% of what humans are doing is a result of their conditioning. Mm-hmm. And so this when is, we label dissolve the, that yeah, conditioning, yeah, yeah, and anything <laughs> that is, is brutally against your values, you will label as evil. Anything that is violently against what you consider is important, you'll decide it's evil. You know, and that to me is understandable. But that's that's that tells you more about your filtering system of reality than anything that's actually out there. Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm really picky about who I step into containers with, particularly men. I got to say, there's you know. So, having done a year of containers with you, what I notice is how much you care. Like you genuinely care about people, and that you're gonna yeah. you're gonna expose me now. I feel embarrassed. I feel no, shy. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he really is a cult leader, and you don't want to go anywhere near him. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, you you have I mean you know the soft, sensitive you know you're crying in your business meeting. Sometimes like, there's an embodiment, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Like, and you're yeah. not afraid to be in that vulnerable space. And the way you show up and lead the containers, I think part of it is you you know your little spidey senses. You feel all the people, so you want to care about them. Yeah, so people are in a good place. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, and I think. It's been interesting for me because I've been through stages where early on when I came out with like internet, whatever you want, I didn't even think of it as internet marketing back then, but, you know, with trying to build a, a persona online or whatever, I was super obnoxious. It's like really just deliberately in people's faces because I realized that would work. It was like 2012, 2013, you know, it was really effective. And there were lots of people who were super offended and my, you know, Facebook block folder was just filled with hundreds of human beings and heated arguments and whatever. 2015, 2016, I personally started to mellow out and a lot and integrate a lot of attitude. And I was like, oh, this is, it's all going to change now because, you know, I've become more loving and more whatever. And then, and I would write from a much more trying to balance both of the sides sort of place, you know, it definitely got less polarity, got less traction, which one thing I noticed, but people would still get offended, you know? And I was like, ah, even when I sort of tried, not even try to be nice, but try to be measured and balanced and whatever, somebody somewhere can still get offended by anything, you know? And that, that was a real piece for me. You're like, ah, it seems like that part, my intent doesn't matter. Somebody somewhere will be like, I don't like that he's doing it that way. And it's like, okay, you have opinions about what I'm doing. And so I feel like I'm coming back into the provocateur from a place of like, look, I love you. It's all good. And I'm, we're going to mm-hmm. do this thing now. You know, I just got the video clip that I shot a couple months ago back and we're putting the final touches and it's me in a castle with a bunch of my young, sexy, witch babe, tantrum friends. And we're all, and I'm just there in a the fur coat, fucking rapping and eating chicken legs and pouring like green Kool-Aid in the girl's mouths. And like, you know, I watched and like I showed it to Victoria, who's house man. She's like, you know, that's really, 
provocative i'm like is it she's like yeah that's the, and i'm like because i'm like oh this is just me fulfilling my like teen and 20s dreams of making a fun rap video with a bunch of cute babes who i fucking love you know no mm. no no witches were harmed in the filming of this video clip everyone was treated very well and it's like it's so i'm so curious whether it's gonna be this guy's fucking misogynist or this is this or this is that and it's like but it doesn't really matter is what I'm getting to as I get older. Yeah. It doesn't matter what people think. People are retarded. They're going to, they, 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 okay. They're conditioned. Everyone yeah. is living in their own little matrix bubble and people are going to see what they want to see. And they're going to see Satan where they want to see Satan. They're going to see good work where they want to see good work. They're going to see whatever they are predicated to, to look for, you know? So mm-hmm knowing that kind of frees up this whole thing that we do around worrying what everyone thinks it's like everyone just thinks what they think like it's just this is how they are you know yeah yeah all righty i'm aware of time and i'd love to start to wrap this up so i'm curious about what's coming like you've got esoteric entrepreneur which is rolling out next year you've got the esoteric entrepreneur podcast which i've started listening to um yeah you keep, you keep leaving me up high and dry it's like an 11 minute episode and i'm like more <laughs> good that's good yeah um you know this idea of the esoteric entrepreneur actually came in at a retreat i did in bali a few years ago and then it kind of just got put aside for doing the shit in 2019 2020 um we all did i guess there was you know i had to deal with my yeah, own shit thing, and then there that was thing happened. that thing that thing <laughs> happened i had to deal with my existing businesses but this thread around the esoteric entrepreneur has been really strong and it's just it's it it has been like a desire to to integrate the kind of mystery school, magical practice, initiatory stuff with business stuff, but business stuff for embodied spiritual people with minimal head fuck bullshit and minimal hustle and push and maximal, you just do this. This is a little simple two-step process. That'll help you do, you know, and, but mixing all that together. And I haven't, I've really been in deep process of, trying to do the inner work to to genuinely align it inside of myself and i, and I think mm-hmm. it's gr- it's very close i think it's, it's it's been gestating it's very close so the ee academy is a membership that i'm rolling out from 2023 so if this is in 2023 it exists come looking for us and it's going to be more of a long-term relationship because what i've seen is all these cool short containers are great but you can't really do the real work in six weeks you get a little boost it's great, but I want to create a community of embodied spiritual human beings that want to kick ass in the real world, which includes, it's not obsessed with, it's not only about, but includes money and is, is very purpose-driven. And mm-hmm. so why the container, because that's the people whose shit needs to be manifested, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like all the fucking... CEOs polluting rivers and shit need to go and do Vipassana and fucking ayahuasca and just take a few years off and get in touch with their soul. And all the people who've been in their fucking soul and their visionary Mm -hmm. and their subtle feelings need to come to earth and start a business and fucking reach the 7 billion people who haven't yet heard of the shit that we all do instead of Mm -hmm. selling it to each other like a bunch of incestuous (laughs) whatever we are come to a tantra workshop i'm a tantra teacher why am i going to a tantra workshop go and take that to a bunch of people who live in the suburbs or something please this is that this is this doubles back to our starting conversation why it's failing is also because we just preach to the choir you know yes yes 
I'm looking uh-huh. for 20 tantricas to come do my tantric course. It's like, that is the people who least need it in the world. They, they could mm-hmm. benefit, but literally everyone else in the world will get mm-hmm. a bigger transition from getting to this thing they haven't got yet. So really, I just want to support people to, I guess the language that I'm sometimes hesitant to use, it's, it's like, I want to land an integrated temple culture on planet Earth. And that... Mm-hmm is an interesting one because it's very Easter-esque mm. language, but I have a slightly mm-hmm. different take. It's What it means to me is has some Easter influence, but it has a more of a broader influence as well of like how do we anchor sacredness and connection to divinity and connection to life force into everyday life, into normal yes. life. That's Fuck what Tantra it. was about for me from day one, not just hiding out in Bali and fucking masturbating each other and dressing up like goddesses which is cool i'm into that i'll I'll be back there soon i like a bit of that but can we do it in fucking i don't know chicago and fucking brisbane and tasmania Mm -hmm. and fucking wherever else as well because those places need magic too you know Mm -hmm. and so yeah the e academy is for anyone who wants to deepen in that and it's a monthly thing so you can you can join for a few months or join for a year or whatever but the EE podcast is a really good place just to get in touch with what the fuck is this guy talking about, you know, mm-hmm. because rather than trying to teach everybody, the attempt with that is to more unpack what do I do in my life? These are the practices I'm doing. Mm-hmm. This is a business mm-hmm. decision I'm making right now. Let's see if it works out. You know, this is a strategy I'm trying right now. This is what I tried two months ago and here's what we learned. So it's more the goal with it is to be less trying to be an authority and more be like, Hey, I'm like 12 years down this path. I haven't got it all figured out, but I've been very invested in weaving magic and business or spirit and business here. Uh, here is where I'm at and my current part of the journey, which is ahead of a lot of people, but it's, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I've mastered it, but I feel like I'm long-term committed and mm. It's and I really the bite sized episodes is one, so I don't get bored. But two, um, I feel like it's fun to nibble on. I, the goal is to have no no episode under fifteen minutes, like over fifteen minutes. Yeah, 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 and yeah. And if we, I might do some interviews like this. We'll break them into three parts. Okay, it's a forty-five. It's part one, part two, part three, mm. and then it just becomes one. I feel good because I've made more episodes. Yay! Look mm-hmm. at that. I'm, I'm making lots Ooh, of episodes. Seven hundred and sixty-five. <laughs> That's what I want. But also, people can nibble. You know. Yeah. It's like I, I love the big podcast, Joe Rogan, whatever's. But I only really listen to them fully on road trips and when I'm traveling. It's like oh, fucking three. Yeah. And, you're going to talk to him for three and a half hours. Sorry, man. I'll be back later. You know, it's just not. Yeah. I don't consume like that, and I think a lot more people don't consume like that mm-hmm. ironically it's the netflix model where it's like i haven't got time to watch a full movie but i sure will watch nine episodes of a 20 minute show in a row <laughs> there you go um yeah. i really i just want you to say that thing again when i said why and you were like i want to land temple that can you say that again because i think that's one of the reasons why i'm so attracted to working with you is it's same same when you named the intention for why you're building the esoteric entrepreneur, landing the temple culture and 3D material reality, like in, in, in commerce and business. Yeah. Right? It, 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 I feel that it, it, all this magical, sacred, tantric, profound stuff, 
I, I want to call it into the everyday. Like that was the whole point when I, yeah. when I started reading, you know, all the non-dual frames that I found in my sort of late teens and early twenties, it was like, ah, oh, these guys are saying it's not separate. You know, you can be a Taoist monk and still have sex with your wife. You can still drink wine and be a Taoist. That's amazing. I'm into that, you know. And then, you know, as that refined, it was like, oh, you can, any moment can, you know, if you're a tantric practitioner, you can access the sacred and transcendent in any moment. And it's like, oh, okay, this makes more sense than like, okay, we go to church on Sunday, say we're good, and then we come out and do a bunch of fucked up shit all week and then go back to church to be good again. And it's like that was always very strange growing up in that society. We weren't Christian, but, you know, Western society by default is pretty Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, how anti-Christian would I sound if you just listened to this episode? I, I don't like reckon. I like, I think if we're going to go anti-Christian, this is not it. This is just, like, mildly Christian aversion. It's <laughs> I, what, I, what I am is hardcore separation-based teaching averse. Yeah. So the dualistic teachings where God is over there and he's good. And this down here is a piece of shit. And, you know, women are mm. shit and sex is bad and the earth is a fucking shithole. Yeah. And the sooner we get to heaven, the better. It's like, that is not a healthy framework for anybody. Yeah. And even it if they're a good shit, we can, we can look outside and look shit. at the world. It's like, it, that yeah, work. it's, it's, Def- could this be because we negated half of everything? Okay. Your butthole is bad, but your crown is beautiful. Like, how is that saying? That's insane. Why is <laughs> one part good and the other parts, you know, ah, oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So let's bring that, that continuity and that sense of the sacredness and just, it's like invested in and integrated in everything. Like imagine yeah. all the media and politics. I had this whole thing. I, I, we need to wrap up, but like I ran for local politics as I was like, I wonder if I could, I wonder if they'd let me in to their structure. It's kind of hot. Well, especially when I said that I don't, I won't hold any positions because I don't operate that way. <laughs> but, you know. Like, yeah, okay, so, we don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a whole another rabbit hole. But, yeah, that's my curiosity there as well. All of us are doing all of this work. So how do we integrate it into the so-called mainstream? Fuck leaving the mainstream. Let's just take it over. Yeah, you're, well, even take it, you're in it, you know. This is this thing of, yeah. like, you know, I, it's a whole, I won't do the whole segue, but I grew up on hip hop culture and kind of rave culture from the UK as well with the two big teenage and twenties threats. And also read a lot and thought a lot about how those cultures evolved. There's a great book called the pirates dilemma. And it beautifully illustrates how the mainstream and the underground have forever influenced, served and fed off each other. And that's the same with magic and religion too. That's the same with, you know, they're not really separate. Like, that's, mm-hmm. so this idea of like we're going to start a commune we'll live as far away as we can from everyone else and we'll get it right it's like really you 20 people are going to build a better society than the whole collective intelligence of the rest of us like that's fucking insanity it's nonsense yeah. like yeah awesome. how's your economic system going oh we haven't figured that part out yet no shit it's a really tricky <laughs> part of society <laughs> Oh, all the things. Dane, thank you so much for joining for this particular conversation. It's been amazing. I'm sure we could just talk for hours, but yeah, let's, I have to go pick my son up from school. He knows I'm picking him up late today. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. It's been a good chat. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So that was Mr. Dane Thomas. I'm quite sure why I like calling him Mr., but I quite like calling him Mr., um, so you'll find him on Instagram, on Facebook. He has a website, Dane Thomas, no H in the Thomas. 
Um, and then there is the Esoteric Entrepreneur, the EE podcast, which you'll find Spotify and all the other places. Ah, okay, so some reflections from me on, on holding the space for that. One, I'm really aware that Dane is so good at going on a rant. And like, I want to kind of get a word and like, I'm like, he could talk for half an hour without stopping. I'm like, ah, you know, but I love the fact that I was able to just totally interrupt him at, at times. Um, but it really felt like there was so much depth and scope to what we were touching on that we weren't necessarily able to wrap it up. Like what he was talking about when he talked about the failure of the new age swamp and spiritual marketplace and attributing it to the ways in which people are hanging out their shillings as such when they've only got maybe six months worth of experience in a thing, like business coaches who have never run a business, for example, and and that kind of thing. Um, I felt like there was so much more we could have said on that and dialed into and looked at what's the solution and how do we orientate and blah, blah, blah. But it's almost like that would have been a three-hour conversation in and of itself. Um, one thing I noticed is like, like I obviously tune into the field as such and with Dane talking to him, I felt like some things became redundant, like some things don't compute. So if we talk about reality and how reality is perceived, there's absolute reality and there's relative reality, limited reality, but within those, um, frames, there's lots of different levels, you see. And so a discussion that you might have with someone who really believes in, in Christianity and doesn't even see that it's a particular construct, for example, is very, very different from a conversation that you might have with someone who recognizes that Christianity is just one of many approaches to spiritual or religious life. Um, and what I noticed in, in talking to Dane is like his frame is his experience of reality is really expanded and I could feel that oh this doesn't compute on this level and hmm, what am I trying to say here I you know I really commend him for talking about Ista and also for the way that he was like you know what I don't know specifics on what Des Nichols has been up to so I can't speak to it because he speaks to his direct experience. We're not talking about things, you know, and when I asked him about ISTA, it's a really good example of what I'm talking, what I mean by frames is that he instantly went to a systems wide frame. He's not looking at the individual. He's instead going, well, there's this overlay of sovereign. And then there's this overlay of da da da, and it's having this impact and et cetera, et cetera. And, that's quite a different way to perceive reality compared to people that are down on the individuals going, this person did this to me and it sucked, you know, or this person's not taking responsibility for that and that's not cool. It's a whole different way to engage. Both have their place. Mm, what else do I want to reflect on just to sum up speaking with Dane? Yeah, there was a few things like he was using words that I really wanted to stop and go, can we define this word? Can we define that word? Can we look at the use of that? But, you know, like, for example, the word tantra got thrown around a lot. And what does that even mean? And the the people that he's, like, is he talking neo-tantra? Is he talking traditional tantra? Like, there's just so many nuances 
to one word. It's like it's used as a signifier or a pointer to something. But my idea of what it's pointing to and your idea of what it's pointing to and Dane's idea of what it's pointing to can be three different things. So then if we start to talk about this thing and we think we're talking about the same thing, we're all having a different experience of what it is we're talking about. Words, communication. Um, And the same thing when he mentioned the real world a few times, I hate that frame. And I, I wanted to sort of pull him up on it as such, but the flow of conversation meant by the time I had a gap, it was gone. Um, because I think it's such an unhelpful way to frame up life. When people talk about if they're at a festival and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going back into the real world. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is the real world. It's all the real world. And I know what they're pointing to, but the way it's framed has underlying assumptions which exacerbate the separation that we don't want to be living into. Um, and that was a curious thing because, you know, that's what Dane's talking about. He's like, this is about integration. This is about taking those of us who have done all of the spiritual embodiment, energetic work, et cetera, and supporting those people to really land in physical reality and bring it forth in businesses that serve community and generate wealth. Right. But then he uses the word real world, which is like creating a, a schism or, or a dichotomy. <sighs> For those of you that may have had concerns about whether Dana's studying a cult or whether he's a satanic devil worshiper or something, uh, I trust that in watching the interactions and in feeling his heart, feeling the care he has, feeling where he operates from, you'll have a clearer idea of who this man is. And, you know, he's only, I think maybe 43 or so, 42, somewhere. Like, he's not even 45 yet. And I would say watch this man because as we go through the next few decades with who knows what's going to happen with climate apocalypse or tyrannical governments or downfall of the internet, who knows? We have no idea what's coming. It could be amazing, awesome things. Unicorns could come back. We could have unicorn theme parks opening up everywhere. Um, he's a man I watch closely because he's got a way of reading the zeitgeist. He's got a way of, again, systems, right? He's got a way of feeling into the trends ahead of time. And we need people like him who think in these ways, who care about people and have the power and the magic to be able to influence as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Okay, I think I'm going to sign off with that. I'm about to jump on a webinar with Dane right now. So thank you for watching Conversations with Karalea. Uh, I'm going to keep the conversations coming. There'll be more people coming up talking about all the things. Just sending so much love to you all. Are you ready to realize the self, to resolve your shit, to rejoice in daily life? Join Karalia's community via her online platform, The Toolbox. Get ready for a paradigm shift in how you experience yourself and your reality. The Toolbox, where you'll find everything you need for the spiritual path. View teachings, practices, community, and a teacher who cares. Find The Toolbox at toolbox.karalia.com. T O-O-L-B-O-X dot K-A-R-A 
L-E-A-H.com. Thanks for listening to Conversations with Karalia. And trust that you enjoyed that nuanced deep dive into spirituality, sexuality, power, and awakening. If you love my take on the spiritual path and you're looking for more insights like this, then make sure you subscribe and like. You can also check out my website, karaleah.com. That's K-A-R-A-L-E-A-H.com. And subscribe to my weekly newsletter.